Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. You're tuning in for our series, All I Want for Christmas, where we flip the script. Instead of focusing on what we want for Christmas, we ask, what does God want from us? It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Last Monday, I was standing in my driveway with my son, Andy, waiting for his school bus to come pick him up. It was about 30 degrees. We'd been waiting for 25 minutes by this point. We were cold. I was late for work and the bus was nowhere to be seen. Like many industries post-COVID, our school district is experiencing a shortage of bus drivers. So every week this semester, I've either had a different bus driver, they've either been late for pickup, or they have been early. And to be honest, playing the, hmm, I wonder what time the bus will come for Andy game has been my least favorite game this entire school year. And guys, on this Monday morning, I'd about had it. The rage over the lack of communication. I mean, would it kill them to let me know they're coming? The frustration of being late to work again got to me, but I'm happy to say I am a mature, godly woman. So I called the Department of Transportation in a very calm voice. I said, good morning. I'm calling to inquire about my son's bus. You see, we've been waiting for 25 minutes now is someone coming or did you forget about him? And the woman on the other end goes, well, ma'am, we have a limited number of bus drivers. They're doing what they can. So you're just gonna have to keep waiting. Now church, I share this with you, but I don't want you to judge me because what you have to understand is I was a Latina woman a long time before I was ever a pastor. And every now and then that Latina woman wants to come out and deliver justice in the name of El Padre, El Hijo y El Espíritu Santo. So in that moment, I said to her, um, I must not have heard you right because did you just say that I needed to wait? Because all I've done this semester, I'll have you know, is wait. I've waited for the bus. I've waited while it's late. I've waited to see which bus driver is going to come. I've waited in the cold. I've waited in the rain. I've waited when it's windy. I am tired of waiting. I have to go to work. And all I ask is that if the bus is going to be late, that you communicate. Is that too much to ask? And then she said, it is if you don't have enough bus drivers. And now I have to go because you just made me late for my own bus run. Oh no, she didn't church. Now this just got personal. So I said, I made you late for your bus run. I made you late. It's not so good when it's you, is it? And by the way, thanks for your empathy. Man. And I hung up on her. I was so mad. But then I was like, oh my gosh, not even five minutes in. I was like, what is wrong with me? Seriously, who was that rage monster? What happened to the kindness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus? Guys, if you're not careful, the stress of everyday life will turn you into a merciless monster. So can I ask, how do you love mercy and show people mercy in the most stressful, frantic, fast-paced, anxiety-producing season of the year. Because if you haven't realized it yet, you got 14 days left before Christmas. 
Let's just acknowledge I felt the anxiety in the room go up. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't even started shopping, okay? And over the next few days, you're going to be in line at a store. You may go to the mall. You're going to run into short-tempered clerks. You're going to host Christmas Eve dinner. Your relatives will come. Some of them won't bring a dish, but they're all going to eat. They're going to get on your nerves. Maybe one of your siblings will bring up a hot take. Hey, let's talk about election results. You know, small talk. So how do you love mercy in the midst of these challenges? Now, my name is Kyra, and I want to start off by wishing you a warm Feliz Navidad. Prospero Año Nuevo. Any Latinos in the house say, huepa. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid. And for the past six weeks, I have been traveling to all of our locations. So I got to give a shout out to all of my peeps in Garwood, Mountainside, Passaic, Mercer, Somerset, and Midco. Can we hear it for them this morning? Now, today we're continuing our series, All I Want for Christmas, that Pastor Tim kicked off last week. It's inspired by a very powerful verse in the book of Micah. I want to read it all together, church. Here we go, one big loud voice. What does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. Now, at Christmas, we like to make lists. Like, my teenager gave me her list. I saw a premium Spotify subscription, among other things. I gave my husband my own list. I want facials every month. Gotta give up with that J-Lo skin, church. But what if we flip the script and instead of saying what we want for Christmas, we ask God, what do you want? I mean, it is Jesus's birthday after all. And God says, I want three things from you this Christmas season. I want you to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. Now, last week we talked about doing justice and what that looks like in the real world. And today I'm going to be unpacking how do we love mercy and show mercy to other people. So what exactly is mercy? Well, mercy is both, it is a quality and an attribute of God. But when you start adding things like justice to the equation, you're like justice, mercy, what's the difference? They all look the same. So to understand the difference and build our foundation of what mercy is, I want you to think about it this way. Justice is when you get what you deserve. Someone does something wrong and we all like to say, let justice be served. You get what you deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is when you don't get what you do deserve. I did something wrong. I deserve to be punished. But instead, I actually receive mercy. I receive forgiveness. I step, someone steps over my offense. In other words, mercy is about giving people what they need, not what they deserve. Make sense? And to love mercy is to show chesed. Turn to your neighbor, church, and say chesed, but try not to spit on them, okay? <laughs> the Hebrew word chesed is so packed with meaning that no single word in the English language comes close to even defining it. It is used 248 times in scripture, but the closest approximation of what chesed is for us in English is loving kindness. And kindness is another word for mercy. So chesed describes the enduring, the active, the loving kindness, the mercy of God for his people. And that is the great news for all of us today. God is a merciful God. If you agree, say amen, church. And we want to, today I want to read to you from our verse in Ephesians 2, because what I want to do is I want to show you just how rich, how robust God's mercy is. 
Here we go. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. What Paul is saying here, in other words, is you were all spiritually dead because you did a lot of wrong things that fell short of God's standard, like I did with the bus lady on the phone. He keeps on going. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. So understand, it's more than just being rude. It's actually ignoring the Holy Spirit and obeying the devil. Then Paul says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, AKA we did whatever felt good and we let our inner sinner out, all right? By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So what Paul is saying here is that without Christ, we are spiritually dead and we deserve God's anger and wrath. Now let's just acknowledge this can be very confusing because you're probably hearing me and you say, well, I just, I thought you just said that God is a merciful and loving God. So how can a loving God who loves mercy also be an angry God? That doesn't make any sense. Well, actually, I'm going to prove to you today that love and anger can coexist. For example, let's say you have a child. He is your firstborn son. He is the apple of your eye and he lies to you. In that moment, you still love him, but you're also angry. Love and anger, they're coexisting at that moment. Or let's say you love your husband, but he doesn't put the lid down when he goes to the bathroom. Any ladies in the house, you still love him, right ladies? But at that moment, he's not your favorite, you're angry. It's the same thing with God. When God is angry, he can still love people, but he can also still be angry at that which hurts his creation. And that is what Paul is talking about here. God is angry at everything that goes against his holiness, even though he still loves people. But then in verse four, ah, we see two of the best words in the entire Bible. But God, somebody say, but God. But God is so rich in, what's the word church? mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. In other words, even though we deserve to be punished because of God's rich mercy, he didn't give us what we deserved. So if you're ever tempted to say, God's not fair, I think sometimes what you should say instead is thank God that God isn't fair. Because if he was fair, you would get what your sins deserve. But because God is rich in mercy, you get what you need, not what you deserve. That rich word, that when it says God's mercies are rich, that rich word in Greek is elios. It's, it's a present tense word. It means God lives in a continual, ongoing state of mercy. It is unending. He is rich in mercy. In other words, his mercies are always going to be there and it has always been there. It was there yesterday. His mercies will be there today and they will be there tomorrow. God is abounding in rich mercy. And to understand the nature of God is to actually understand he is always merciful. And you guys know who understood this very well? A man we know as King David from the Old Testament. And like many of us, King David, uh, he, was a pretty good, he was pretty good at sinning. And he committed a sin 
that could have had some very serious consequences for a lot of people in the Old Testament. But I want you to notice what David does here. Because after he sins, David wants to turn to God. He knows God is merciful. He knows God's going to forgive him for whatever wrongdoing he, he does. But notice who David doesn't want to turn to. All right, let's read 2 Samuel all together. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his, what's the word church? Type it in the chat. His mercy is great, but do not let me fall into who? Human hands, AKA anything but the humans. Now, when I read that this week, I'm like, this is kind of funny, but it's also pretty sad. It's like a tragic comedy. I mean, here we have David. He has committed a sin. He has no qualms about going to God because he knows God's going to forgive him. He's going to show him mercy. But what he doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to go to people because he knows people, they're not really going to show him mercy after messing up. In other words, here's the tragedy. Those who should be the most merciful, a.k.a. the body of Christ, are often those who show the least mercy. Am I preaching to anybody in this house? Maybe it's just to myself. Because what David is saying is that God is a merciful God, but oh my gosh, if you mess up, good luck trying to get mercy from people. And that's the opposite of what it means to love mercy. Because at Christmas, what God wants you to do is he wants you to give, make room for mercy. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, make room for mercy, or type it in the chat if you're listening to us online. Make room for mercy. You know, during his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus highlighted mercy as one of the keys to living a life that God would bless. And he said this in Matthew chapter 5, and I want to invite all of us here together to read it together in big, one big loud voice. Here we go, church. Blessed are the, what church? Merciful, for they will be shown what? Mercy. In other words, the promised reward that all of us are going to receive mercy is actually identical to what Jesus is calling his followers to do, to give mercy to other people. Blessed are those who show mercy to others, for they will be shown mercy by God. I love how the Old Testament confirms and actually says the same thing in 2 Samuel. It says, with the merciful, you will show yourself what church? merciful. In other words, according to scripture, there is a very direct connection between our relationship with other people, how much mercy we give them, and how much mercy God actually gives us. Because when you close your heart to someone else, and you don't show the grace, you don't show the kindness to difficult people, you don't forgive them, you know what happens? It actually cuts you off from God and his grace. But the reverse is also true. When you open your heart and you show mercy to those in need, especially to those who don't deserve it, your life opens to God's blessing. Your father sees that and he says, this is the kind of man, this is the kind of woman that I can bless. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So how do you practically do that? How do you become people who love to show mercy? How do you give people the ministry of mercy in the most stressful, frantic, fast-paced, anxiety-producing season of the year? Well, today, I'm actually gonna give you two ways in which you can practice and love mercy. Because understand, mercy is not the Nike of spiritual gifts, okay? We don't just do it. 
There's actually practical ways to give people the ministry of mercy. And today I'm gonna teach you two ways to love mercy, two ways we can build our mercy muscles this Christmas. You guys ready? Well, the first thing I want you to do is to help anyone hurting around you. Guys, have you noticed how much people hurt at Christmas? I mean, right now, I'm praying for a friend who's navigating infertility. I'm praying for another friend who's raising sons who both struggle with mental health. I have another friend whose relationship with their mom is severed and fragile. I, I was at a campus the other day praying with a woman whose husband passed away after 40 plus years of marriage. And still another woman whose son-in-law, he just got diagnosed with cancer. And guys, the list goes on and on. There's no shortage of people who are hurting this season. That's why today I'm gonna to actually give a prediction. I'm gonna give a prophetic word to everybody here today. This week, I just know it. God is gonna put a person in your path, someone who's hurting, someone who's gonna need your help, and it's gonna be a test. The test will be, will you actually show them mercy or will you be too busy to notice? Will you become someone who loves mercy and loves to shower people with mercy? Or will you let the frantic, the busyness, the stress of the season make you completely unaware? You know, that was the choice that my friend Christine had to make. Christine is, she comes to Lakewood. She's one of our amazing rock star volunteers. And she was telling me the other day that she has a friend who has a 21-year-old daughter who was going through a very rough time. She was hurting and Christine noticed. And you know what she did? She responded by giving her the gift of mercy. She decided she was gonna open up her home to this 21-year-old girl who needed a place to live. This girl had just come home from college. She was recovering from a traumatic loss. And after Christine opened up the doors of her home, here's what the daughter wrote to us about her experience living with Christine. As a 21-year-old who had just come home from college from a mental breakdown after losing my grandmother, I was expecting Christine to have a cold heart, be mean, show no interest in me at all, and ultimately be a stuck-up, perfect, know-it-all Christian. Gosh, I hope that never describes any of us. What I came to, what I was met with instead was kindness, mercy, compassion, and a drive to live authentically out of love. I was depressed, a binge drinker, angry at the world, and at God, atheist at times, agnostic at other times. But I looked at Christine on the fourth day of knowing her, and I said to myself, I want what she has. She told me about Liquid Church, and because I worked Saturday through Tuesday, I decided to watch online. On January 11th, 2020, I gave up drinking, I gave up drugs, and I kid you not, I would not have done that without the power of Christ and Christine's friendship. That, my friends, is the gift of mercy. And Christine, I thank my God for the mercy that you showed your friend because it led her to the mercy of Christ. And when I hear about what you have done, you know what I think about? I think about Romans 12, when it says, when you do acts of mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. I love the message and how it paraphrases it this way. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. 
If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Guys, mercy is actually about giving new identity to people who are powerless, to people who feel like outsiders, to people who are the least deserving of compassion by the world's standards. So understand, to love mercy means we give our attention to the people that everyone around us avoids giving their attention to. Why? Because you cannot love God without helping people in need that he's gonna put in your path. Again, I'm not a prophet. But I'm going to make a prediction. This week, God is going to intentionally put in your path someone who needs your help. They're going to have a need. It could be a physical need. It could be a financial need, an emotional one. But they're not going to be able to help themselves. And God's going to put them in your path. And what he's going to ask you is, will you extend mercy? Or are you going to walk around them and ignore them? Pretend you don't see them. I hope you choose the former and actually love mercy. Choose to help anyone hurting around you. Because you know what happens to our hearts? When we actively participate in loving mercy and giving it freely to people, it becomes easier to respond to people and situations with mercy, to give them not what they deserve, but what they need. I mean, think about it, church. Christmas is one of the most triggering seasons for a lot of us. The calendar is jam-packed. Work is crazy as it's winding down. There's people to buy gifts for. There's houses to clean. There's presents to wrap, dinners to prep. I mean, even putting up the tree at times can be a source of stress. But when you get into the habit of helping hurting people, you know what you develop? You develop your mercy muscles. And little by little, your endurance and your stamina actually grows. And eventually, you can grow in the ability to love and extend people who have messed up. Which is the second way that we can love mercy this Christmas season. By forgiving people when they mess up. Now, I just want to acknowledge, man, forgiving people that have hurt you, that is really hard. The normal reaction when someone hurts you is you either want to get revenge or you want to write them off. It's interesting because this season I've been talking about this a lot with my teenage daughter. One of her friends did something that was really hurtful, and it's been hard for her to forget and even harder for her to forgive. And I'll be transparent. When she told me what happened, the Latina in me wanted to come out again, but thankfully, church, the pastor went out this time. And we were able to talk about how hard it is to forgive when we try to do it in our own strength. Because when we try to do it through sheer strength, we're not able to do that. We just don't know how. And that's the key, by the way, to forgiveness. It's not about the how to forgive, but the why we should forgive. You know, in Matthew 18, Jesus asked his followers one question. Shouldn't you have mercy on others just as I had mercy on you? Translation, we give mercy to people. We extend forgiveness to them out of the mercy and the forgiveness that has been given to us by God. That's what it means to make room for mercy. And if you don't even know where to start to forgive people who've hurt you, because I get that it's hard. You know what I want to do today? I want to ask that you focus on one simple line that's part of the Lord's prayer. One simple line that says this, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
You know what you do when you pray that prayer? When you pray that one simple line, what you're actually saying is, God, I want you to forgive me as much as I forgive everybody else who's hurt me. I forgive because you first forgave me. Can I ask, are you ready to pray that prayer? Because let me tell you, church, you're going to need mercy to get into heaven. Jesus is very clear when he says, if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. So understand the only way that you can get into a perfect heaven is by the perfect mercy of a perfect God, by the forgiveness through the death of Jesus Christ. But you cannot receive what you're unwilling to give yourself. So understand, you can't afford to burn the bridge that you're going to need to walk across in order to get into heaven. If you won't show mercy, why would you expect God to show mercy to you? And you guys know, you know this. At some point, someone's going to need your forgiveness. It may be a coworker who's going to hurt your feelings at this year's Christmas party, maybe unintentionally. It may be a spouse who in the future is going to forget to buy you the Christmas gift and that's going to make you feel like he or she doesn't care. Maybe someone's going to make a comment about your weight at a holiday gathering and man, that thing's going to sting. Maybe it's an offense of a much more serious nature that you've been holding onto for a long time. When that person comes to you asking for forgiveness and even if they never do, how you respond to them in that moment is actually going to reveal what you believe is true about God's character. Because understand, we're all going to face a judgment day. And you don't need to live in fear, but you should live as if what you say and do matters, because it does. Your words and your actions, they count both here on earth and when your life is done. Understand the Bible says you must show mercy to others or God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. But the person who shows mercy can stand without fear at the judgment day. God offers mercy to you and everyone else who calls on his name. And if a perfect God can do that for a sinful world, then you can do it for the person who sins against you. So to end our time together, church, what I want to do is I want to end with a challenge. I want to do something very daring this Christmas season. I'm going to pose a dare and I'm going to dare you this December to commit one act of premeditated mercy this week. Now, I know that when most of us hear the word premeditated, our mind immediately goes to premeditated murder. But I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is premeditated mercy. You guys know what that is? It's when you intentionally, on purpose, you reach out to people and you extend mercy in Jesus' name. I want to give credit to this idea to Rick Warren, he says that premeditated mercy involves intentionally reaching out to people and showing them mercy before they actually offend you. Isn't that great? Isn't that like a challenging idea that it could be that you decide to pre-forgive your annoying aunt, your annoying sister-in-law, who you know you're going to see this month. And they love to make snarky comments and push your buttons, man. 
But before you even sit down for Christmas dinner, you're going to make the decision to pre-forgive them in your heart, to extend one act of premeditated mercy and pray, Lord, I need you to give me the strength to have mercy for Uncle Bill. I need you to help me extend the ministry of mercy because he doesn't know what he's saying. And can you help me forgive him too and not react? That's premeditated mercy. One act of premeditated mercy could mean that you forge friendships with people who are seen as outcasts. Like my friend Christine did, right? Like some people, you know, they're not as loved or accepted in our culture, like because of their lifestyle, because of their political leanings, whatever. They're in the wrong crowd in your mind. Can I ask? Who's the wrong crowd in your world? Like if you're a conservative, is it inviting someone liberal over for dinner? Ah, the horror. Or if you're a Democrat, is it daring to hang out with Republicans? What? What would your peers say? You know what Jesus would say? He'd say, that's the ministry of mercy. You know, writing this message, I was taken back to my middle school years. Uh, when I was in middle school back in Puerto Rico, my parents, I remember my parents took in the daughter of a single woman who attended our church at that time. She was going through some rough things, a divorce from an abusive husband. She wasn't in a great place financially. And you know what my parents did? They opened up their home and they took their daughter in and they gave her a place to live, a bed to sleep in. She lived with us. She, we sent her to school. She went to school with me. We put food on the table for her. She lived for over a year in our house. I had the sister that I never had before. And I didn't know it then, but I realize now what my parents were doing. They were extending the ministry of mercy to a single woman who was going through a divorce from an abusive husband and who attended our church. Maybe for you, it's not gonna be taking someone in to live with you, but it could be extending friendship to someone who doesn't share your faith at Christmas. They may have a lifestyle that you totally disagree with, but your friendship is a ministry of mercy. Can I tell you that's me right now, by the way? I made a new friend uh, at the gym. She's not a Christian, curses like a sailor when she works out. But I invited her to serve at the Christmas outreach this past weekend, and she came. And you know what I'm doing? I'm praying she accepts my invitation to come for Christmas Eve services. Guys, Jesus hung out with the wrong crowd, people who were considered immoral. But you know what he did? He gave them mercy. And as a follower of Jesus, you need to be friends with all sorts of people you may or may not agree with. I have friends. I have friends who are right wing. I have friends who are left wing. I have friends who eat chicken wings. Why? Because practicing the ministry of mercy is how you can do this, is how you can love mercy this season. So how can you be intentionally merciful this Christmas? Can you do either one of the two practical ways that we learned today? Can you help anyone hurting around you? Remember, God's going to put someone in your path this week, someone who's hurting, someone who's going to need their help. Are you too busy to stop and help? Are you going to ignore that nudge from God? Or are you actually going to personally get invested and involved and extend them mercy? And the second thing is that you can do is to forgive people when they mess up. Who's hurt you recently that you can bless, that you can offer forgiveness and do good to them? Can you think of their faces? Can you write their initials? Is there someone you know you're going to see this Christmas? 
And Jesus is asking you to commit one act of premeditated mercy this month. I would be remiss to end our time together if I didn't make this personal. Maybe as I've been speaking, you realize you are the one who needs mercy. You are the one who's in need of mercy the most today. You're the one who's hurting around us. You're the one who's feeling afraid. Maybe you're the one who messed up. You're exhausted and you feel worn out. You feel alone. You're in need of forgiveness and you're losing hope. If that's you, I want to share with you today words of hope that have ministered to me in some of the darkest moments in my life. I want to read to you. In fact, I'm going to paraphrase words of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a guy who wrote Lamentations, the book in the Old Testament. And if you feel worn out, if you feel discouraged, if you feel alone, this guy, he felt a lot like you. And in Lamentations 3, he wrote about some hard things that he was feeling. And I'm going to encourage you to read it because today what I'm going to do is I'm going to paraphrase what he wrote. It's not exactly how he said it. He said it way more Bibly than I will, but I'm going to say it the way that we would say it nowadays. Okay, here we go. He said, people suck. That's how he said it, okay? Life isn't fair. My body is wrecked. I can't sleep, I'm broke, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, I'm overwhelmed with anxiety, and God doesn't seem to care. That's what he said. Way more bible than I just said it, but I promise you, that's what he meant. And then in Lamentations 3.19, he actually writes one of the most beautiful words in the Bible. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Here's the hope for you today, church. Here's what I want you to call to mind if you're feeling like Jeremiah today, as you call them to mind the beautiful attribute of God's mercy for you. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Church, there are fresh mercies available today for you from God. Because on the cross, Jesus Christ stretched out his arms wide in mercy. And he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And with that one powerful act, the cross actually became the most over-the-top display of mercy ever. Jesus let his enemies beat him. He let his enemies whip him, spit on him, put a crown of thorns on his head, and he never struck back. Why? One reason and one reason only, mercy. And God's offering it to you today as his free gift to you. Guys, the Bible says he saved us, not because of the righteous thing that we could have done, but because of his mercy. And you cannot give mercy to others if you have not received mercy for yourself first. If you've never personally received the mercy of God in your heart, I want to invite you to do that right now. I want to invite you to bow your heads wherever you are, whether you're at home, in your car, listening on a walk. I want you to bow your heads right now, close your eyes, because we're going to ask God to receive and allow us to receive his mercy.
Father, we thank you right now that there is mercy that's available to us from you. Your mercies are new every morning. Your word reminds us you are wanting to renew mercies every day in our lives. And so we ask that by your spirit, you would fill and you would flood every one of the hearts in the sound of, under the sound of my voice who are in need of mercy, Lord. I thank you that it's a gift that's available to us every morning. They are new to us every day. And we thank you for that gift. But we also pray, Lord, for the opportunity to not just keep that mercy for ourselves, but to extend it to people in need of the ministry of mercy. So Lord, we ask that you would put one person in our path this week that we could actually show mercy towards. We thank you that out of the great mercy that you have given us, we can now give mercy to others. We love you, Lord, and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up this December, we invite you to celebrate Christmas Eve with Liquid Church. We are excited to host services on December 23rd and 24th this year with options to celebrate with us on-site across New Jersey and online. To learn more about our Christmas Eve services, check out liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.